I watched Avatar for the first time yesterday. <gasps> you did? I'd never seen Avatar. Oh my God, did you laugh at the end? Like all of that fighting stuff at the end made me laugh. <laughs> I mean, I, I can't say anything new about the movie that hasn't been said over the years and years since it was released. It's not like my thoughts are original or groundbreaking. I Unobtainium? Think. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Unobtainium? Shut up. I think, yeah, exactly. <laughs> we can't, you know, you know, it's not an original thought. We can't really say more. <laughs> we can't build on that. We can't say things that haven't been said. I. You could say what you think, though, even if it's been said before. Who cares? I'm just a bit surprised that, especially because so many people seem to shit on it, that it is the top billing movie of all time which it did it did retake the number one slot because it came back out before right. the release of avatar 2 so now it's back on top i think that um if you go into it like it's a almost like it's a ride or an experience then that'd be different because like when you go to when we went to disney world you know no one's complaining about the plot to like that michael jackson story that we saw <laughs> you know what I mean did you see that when you went to Disney World no I've I even been to Disney World since I was in seventh grade what's well, that's when it was there when, when we were kids what moonwalker was that, I guess was that was it, was it had Angelica Houston it's like a spider woman oh I don't know if that's that one moonwalker was the one with Danny DeVito oh and he wants well, to anyway, he wants to kidnap not, children or something you're not going to Epcot and having some like ride experience and then saying like mm, I didn't really enjoy the plot they didn't really flesh out those characters like it's a ride it's an experience has Jake and Sully been in anything else huh I don't think Jake Sully is has he been in anything else other than Avatar it's not like you would think that that guy's got some huge film career oh the guy who played Jake Sully um <clears throat> <laughs> He's slated for Avatar 3 and Avatar 4 and Avatar 5. Oh, yeah. Now that Disney's got a hold of it, you know, they got to franchise the fucking thing. Oh, not God. that not that the sequel wasn't in the works. So it's not just Disney. I, I Even watching it now, knowing that Disney has taken over Avatar, watching the first one, not that it's violent uh, in a gory way. I have to assume they're going to scale back on all of that, though. It's like mm. guns. I, what, is I, what was I watching? Oh, when She-Hulk was on. Right. There was an episode where Daredevil shows up. And if you watch the Daredevil Netflix series, it's actually pretty gory. Uh, it's violent. And I'm not saying that they should introduce that into She-Hulk, but having that standard when he's around, they go into this. And, and granted, it's a very goofy episode, but the people don't have guns anymore. They go into like this factory or this warehouse and people have crossbows. I'm like, give me a fucking break. <laughs> I'm not look. I'm not one who needs to see the violence or have the violence right. be extreme. I do think there's a time and place for it. It can help set a tone or a mood or advance a story. But Disney's whole thing, because spoiler alert, in Black Panther two, at some point, uh, the Black Panther. I won't tell you who becomes the Black Panther in case you don't want okay. it fully spoiled. Is impaled, fully impaled, and then pulls the giant object that impaled out not a trace of blood guts nothing <laughs> Ugh, what i feel in a weird way desensitizing like there's always this talk yeah. you get desensitized because you see too much of it but 
if you ever see something in real life, I think it still hits hard. Right. It's like the way that people are shocked when they see an actual dead person, like if a loved one is dead and the way that they look versus like what you see in the movies where they're like peacefully laying there with their eyes open and then you can just like gently <laughs> caress their face, their eyeballs and then their eyelids close. <laughs> but instead it's horrifying with like their jaw hanging open in their eyes like oh yeah and if it's early on they've shit and pissed themselves sure there's a bunch We're, of things yeah. that are horrific about it all would but, that be called unsensitized because it's the unsensitizing in, in what way what do you mean like you can be desensitized by seeing too much and thinking like oh guns you know or something that so I you're saying just... the disney way is unsensitizing and not even preparing people for anything Right, because they're still using the violence, but then they're not showing any repercussions of the violence. Yeah, you should coin that term. You should get unsensitized. It, you should get it trending on social media. But yes, oh, I understand. Good. I understand what you're saying. Yeah. Isn't yeah. It? Why don't they just make it without the violence, or just like use a camera trick so that it's implied that something's happened? Because if you're going to show it, you got. This isn't a cartoon. Maybe that's the problem, too, is that so much of the movie is a cartoon. So it's like, yeah, you can just have the violence without any blood. That's the thing with Avatar. It is a cartoon. Right. The whole thing is a cartoon. And, you know, the, the story is flimsy. Christina was telling me it's just Pocahontas. And I said I never saw Pocahontas either. I don't know the story. So that wasn't. Oh, it is. A, but was, what's. Mm, okay. I think people say it's a combination of Fern Gully and Pocahontas. I loved Fern Gully. And then I was proud knowing that um um oh shit. Uh seems like you don't know it. Rocky. <laughs> um the Plaza Hotel. That's the end of that conversation. He was in legend, he was the devil in legend. <laughs> Mr. McAllister. What's his name? Let's go through the alphabet. Are you ever going to get this? Day. Do you ever see being John Malkovich when he's trying to guess her name? He's <laughs> <laughs> Ow. And then eventually gets to because <laughs> she reacts, huh? What a weird movie. I love that movie. Well, it's in the same vein. It's uh Charlie Kaufman wrote mm -hmm. it as adaptation, which I really like, but I've never seen adaptation. I probably would like it a lot. It's very layered and meta. But not too much so, because there was that weird uh, movie that was a play on Schenectady, New York. But the name was <coughs> something else. Uh, Philip Super Hoffman was in it. Oh, yeah. That one was too much. I was like, uh -huh. I this is just too wrapped into itself, folded on top. I was like, I can't. This one's too much. <laughs> I wonder what the sort of limit is you know like how many um how many uh like 
folding ins can one do before in a movie before you start losing the audience? Not because you can't figure it out, but because it's like, this is too much work. I think Synecdody, New York. That's the name of the movie, Synecdody. Uh Uh-huh. A play on Schenectady, which is a city in New York. And the definition of synecdoche is a figure of speech in which a part is made to represent the whole or vice versa. That's enough of that conversation. (laughs) That's just the point where it became too much, which I could appreciate. It's like Inception, too, a little bit. Well, obviously, I'm big into Charlie Kaufman's movies Mm because I like adaptation. He did Eternal Sunshine. Even his weird little stop motion movie, Animalisa. Oh, I've never seen that. Where everyone has the same voice. There's different characters. They all have the same voice except for... Oh, wait. Yes, I have. It's Claymation. Yeah. I loved that. Yeah. So I saw he, in the movie theater. He did that, too. I think that was based on a play that he had written. But he directed that one also. And I, I can appreciate that guy. I like that guy. But mm-hmm. uh, Synecdoche, New York. A little too much. Anyway, Avatar 2. Real exciting. Welcome to One Topic, where we stick to one topic. Happy 2023, Greg. Yes, hello. How is that even a thing? I don't know. I was thinking about it the other night, leading up to the stroke of midnight, to 2023. It just seems like such a weird year. Not any weirder than 2022, but for some reason it just hit me. It's like 2023. It's so different than 1500, 1600, 1700. So granted, we've been 23 years into the 2000s. But for wow, the first, that's, when you put it that way, that's kind of creepy. <laughs> yeah, for the first time it hit me. It's like, this is just weird. 2023. It used to seem so distant. Well, I think it's just that we never thought about 2023. No, it's the same way when I turned 30, I didn't think about 31. 30 was looming on the horizon. I was like, Jesus right. Christ, I can't believe this is almost here. I'm a such I'm such a fucking failure. What am I doing with my life? I'm not any place I wanted to be. And instead of trying to get to that place, I'm going to shut down completely. I'm going to start doing drugs and hiding from decisions. And then 31 hits. And you're like, what? This continues. Which I guess I'm approaching <laughs> now with 41. That With that in mind. And I think um, maybe 2023 feels a little different because we kind of lost the 20s, 20. 21 and 22 because of COVID stuff and all of that dealings and maybe Trump. I don't know. No, that's, I think that's a good assessment where we're firmly, once you get to the third year in a decade, right? Which some people would argue is the fourth year of the decade. Would they? Yeah, I guess because the first year would be the zero. It starts when you're, you're actually one when you're, I don't know. Shut up. Oh no, but there was no, there was no zero, zero year. So, uh, there was year one, which yes, there was. Is I, I mean, whatever the years are made That's what up. I mean. it's, it's all stupid. Thing. It's all time doesn't exist. But being in three, <laughs> you're firmly within that decade, and yeah. because of that time that was lost and the weirdness of COVID, it's like, oh yeah, what the fuck? How did we get to this point? What did I even do yeah. over the last couple of years? There I was feel like we were able to stop and think for a second because we're not in lockdown. We're not afraid of a virus necessarily. <laughs> Well, some oh, no, people, is- I, uh, I made a joke, not just amongst the small group of people. And it was yeah. a little wink and a nod. It's not commentary on anything bigger, but there was, 
one guy wearing a mask and and I said, look at this guy. He's lost. He thinks it's 2019 going into 2020. <laughs> what did people react negatively toward that? Uh, I mean, uh, that gets branched out into commentary on mask use and your beliefs on the vaccination just from one little comment like that. So sure. you have to be careful. Did your friends think that about you? No, they didn't think that, but oh, just, just in general, this is the way you have yeah. to approach things these days. You make a little wise crack and then suddenly every belief you've ever held is on display and people know exactly who you are. Right. So you got to be careful. A man wants to marry, like tr- truthfully, I don't care if he still is wearing a mask. What do I care? No, of course not. I can also think it's kind of goofy when he's decided to go out into a crowded bar where most people are not wearing masks. Right. And he's wearing the mask still. I'm allowed to have that reasoning, too, because I, if, if you are still concerned, I feel as though you would choose a different scenario to find yourself in on New Year's sure. Eve. Sure. Small group, group of friends not going out. But in reality, I don't give a shit. I don't care. People can do whatever they want. I do really believe that, except for blast music. I think that's the that's the rule when you're when you're imposing on other people in negative ways. Then it's like, hey, we got to reassess here, and that's why someone blasting their music on the train. It's like, yeah, fuck you. It's like I don't give a shit what kind of music you like or you listen to, but the moment you subject a whole train f- uh, full of people to that music, get out of here. I mean, that could be for anything, you know, a belief system. You know, if you can think whatever, believe whatever the fuck you want. But the second you start making me um, responsible for not believing in the thing you believe in or judging that or making it illegal in some way, then, yeah, fuck you. Slice the Achilles tendon and get out of here. You think it should be the common uh, starting point for these kind of things? It's like, hey, live and let live, but it's not quite often. No. Mm-mm. People like to have power over other people. And for the longest time, a lot of people have been marginalized and oppressed. And then uh, if you ever given those people the same opportunity to do the same thing to other people, they probably would. And <laughs> that's just the way it goes. It's, it's odd, though, don't you think? It's odd to have that because doesn't forcing your your shit on someone else sort of weaken your position in in whatever you're thinking like whatever your beliefs are it's like no everybody has to think this way and if you don't think this way then you're wrong you're wrong you know then it it, it almost feels ultra defensive instead of just having your beliefs and just believing in them and then you know moving on maybe that's and why quietly you have to- judging others that's fine <laughs> Maybe that's why you have to reinforce everything else surrounding it because the mm-hmm. initial point is weakened. So then you build a moat and walls and attack systems, archer towers. Yeah. Watch us. And anyone that comes near the idea at that point who can expose it for being as weak as it is, is destroyed. How do you get to that point? Like, are you just like an archer, just a cog in the wheel? And then somehow you become like the head guy that's like, oh, I'm sure that there's a career path. Yeah. I mean, I would hope that the guy who does that was a former archer because there's nothing worse than a manager who doesn't know how to do uh, the job that they're managing. Hey, uh, Steve, archer number four. I noticed that when you're pulling back that your elbow is a little low and, um, uh, not really optimal. Um, 
Well, that sounds like sound advice. If if uh, yeah, but if, he, if that guy doesn't really know, <laughs> I mean, sure, if he doesn't know, I, I think it's like, more than not knowing. Like you could study it and know the basics of it and critique people, but yeah, you know, the pressure that you can't understand when you're in the Archer Tower and the yeah. enemies uh, bearing down, and that factors in. And the fact that yeah. you're putting your life on the line and you may die and you're seemingly disposable to the king. As long as the king lives, who gives a shit yeah. how many people die? You know, that's what the manager can't understand if they had never been an archer themselves. Right. They don't really know. They no. haven't had to, they haven't experienced what it's like to be on the front lines. When you know those things, you can address them. You can't really change mm -hmm. them necessarily, but you can at least show some empathy and compassion towards it and understanding. And that goes a long way with your archery unit at that point. I remember I was working at this restaurant in Decatur and the woman who ran it, her boyfriend or her husband at the time, I don't know, he was a manager and he was always the worst because he had never really worked in the restaurant industry before. And his advice or like him stopping us in the middle of, you know, dinner service when we're all in the weeds would be so stupid. Like, it would be, you know, hey, you know, I noticed that your silverware is, you know, not facing the right direction. Like the knife should be facing inward, you know, and we're like, ah, in the middle. And you know, I always likened it to like the restaurants on fire and he's pushing in the chairs. There's always people like that. Like the uh, the guy who just wanted to get the unattainium, unattainium, <laughs> unattainium. What's it called? Unobtainium. <laughs> from from Avatar. <laughs> who? Approve that. You had this. James Cameron is like a brilliant idiot. What we just described, what we were just talking about, is a big plot point in Avatar, where the Avatar program was meant to bridge so that the people mining the unatamium, unatanium. Why can't you say it? <laughs> because it's so dumb. My brain doesn't want to hold on to it. <laughs> All right, that's a good excuse. To understand what's going on in that beautiful ecosystem. Wow. So maybe maybe Avatar is a little deeper than we originally thought. If they had the understanding of the Avatars, what are they actually called? Navi. If they had the understanding of the Navi, then maybe they could work together. Though they probably would never come around because they are too tied to their planet. Using their genitalia to connect with other animals. That's not bestiality. It's a form of communication. Though it's domination uh, with certain animals where you can connect with the horses that sound like raptors. It's exactly the raptor sound from Jurassic Park. Who is Park. it? What's that? Is it? Oh, yes. It's the barking noise that they make. It's not, the, not that one. And when they're okay. kind of communicating with each other, think of uh -huh. the kitchen scene. Right. That's, that, that is the, it's not even a little bit different. Really? It's the same fucking noise. And I was reading about this and people are saying, well, you know, quite often that those noises are just taken from actual sound libraries of natural animals and they're modified a bit. It's like, fine, I don't give a shit if that's the case. That's a very recognizable sound. And yeah. if somehow uh, accidentally, coincidentally, you came across the same sound, you'd say, you know what? It's too much like this one. So let's just tweak it a bit instead of being stubborn and digging in saying, you know, I think this happens in music sometimes where yes. There are times that certain songs sound like other songs. There's so many fucking songs being written that it makes sense to me that it happens. Are there instances right. of blatant ripoff, uh, which the artists would probably call inspiration? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> probably. I do think that that happens too. But there are times that I can understand how it comes close. 
I do feel like if I was in a situation like that, sound effect, music, whatever, I'd say, yeah, you know what? Maybe the sound effect's much easier though to change. It, with a song, say you wrote a song and you're really proud mm-hmm. of that song, and then you realize it sounds like another song that's already in existence. Uh, I realize now maybe I'd be a little less inclined to change it. I'd say I really like this though, and I didn't do that on purpose. So, right. But with a fucking sound effect. Yeah, you just change it. Plug can, and play. And apparently the creature that's like a panther or something that's early on in the movie that chases the Avatar off the waterfall. Uh-huh. You know what I'm talking about? Is it in the first one? Yeah, it's in the first. Oh, because you've only second. seen the first one. Sorry. I just saw the third, the first right. one. Right. I don't really know, but okay. Well, apparently that roars just like the T-Rex in Jurassic Park. No. Too. <laughs> that's I didn't catch that one, but in my research on what the fuck uh, people were saying that, I didn't go back and watch. Life lessons from Avatar. If they just you should find you should find the clips and then play the uh, like the Jurassic Park sounds next to it and see if they're the same. I'm sure that exists. Let's see, Avatar horse. They're not even horses. I don't even know what the fuck to call them. (laughs) Avatar horse creature. What are they called? They're called dire horses. So whatever. Dire? <laughs> so it's not even. Yeah. All these things have like six legs and four eyes. It's lazy. It's just lazy world building, I feel. Yeah, it is lazy. Oh, they breathe through nostrils and their necks. Okay, maybe that's a thing that could <clears throat> that could evolve over time. I'm not saying that's wrong. Whales have blowholes far away from their face. If these things well, have, what's a whale's face? It's like stretched out. <laughs> if these things have six <laughs> legs, they conceivably need more oxygen, so they're going to need bigger nostrils yeah. closer to their lungs, I guess. But it's just the way it's applied uh, across the board. But it, then it doesn't apply to the Avatar people. They just have cat noses. Yeah, they do. Little animal noses. They have cat noses uh, and they wear clothing and they have, as James Cameron said, tits. He used, <laughs> he, he forced them to have tits, I read. He said the females will have tits. I don't know why he chose to use the crude term. This was a right. quote, you know, these things hearsay possibly. But he wanted them. And you made the good point that by giving them tits and making them slender and mm-hmm. somewhat attractive that they do become uh, more desirable and it's easier to have compassion for them. Well, almost like worth saving, like worth caring about. Yeah. You said that Jake Sully was faced with uh, an ugly fish creature. <laughs> Would he have wanted to become one? <laughs> yeah, probably not. And the whole love is blind thing. Mm-hmm. It's a, I guess over time, but I think that'd be a, a a hard ask for the audience. Like you could build up the characters to be like um uh District Nine. Yeah, the you prawns. Know? Right. They were gross and unappealing, but we spent a lot of time with them. And we got to sort of understand their plight. But I think as for Avatar, if they were disgusting, gross-looking things, and 
I guess we saw. Hmm, I bet you there'd be a lot of people still like, mm, take their unobtainium and get out. <laughs> While we could have empathy for the prawns in District 9, I still wasn't at the point where I wanted to mate with them. Right. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> I didn't get there. Yeah, I care about you and your sitch, but I don't really want to bang you. Oh, that movie was so sad. At the end. He has that little flower. At least he's alive. He's out there. Yeah. Living God knows what kind of life. Trash life. At that point, maybe you'd want to die. I don't know. You're alienated. Your wife's nasty dad tried to kill you Mm -hmm. and hated you. He hated you from the start. And then when you became a prawn. Even worse, even more abandonment. But the, I mean, the whole symbolism at the end is like there is life still. You know what the fuck with Avatar too? When he would awaken and the, his his Avatar body would just go dead, go limp, I should say. Okay. Like there were instances where there was a lot of shit going on, and what they would just carry the limp body around until he re-entered it. Wait, what do you mean? Where, why would they? What shit was going on? They'd have to carry him around. When he, when uh, the man, Jake Sully, uh-huh. enters his avatar. Right. And then when he goes back to being Jake Sully because he has to uh, eat or because the nasty military man is trying to stop him, <laughs> his avatar body just goes limp. It just falls to right. the ground. And so there's instances. Uh, he's in a wheelchair. Don't they have him like on a table? No, but I'm talking about the, uh, the, the avatar body, not his actual body, not his oh. human body. His his actual avatar. When he leaves and goes back to yes. becoming his human form, where he awakens in his human form, right? His, the fucking body goes limp, and they just have to carry it around. Like our body. What's that? His avatar body. Maybe he goes and hides somewhere. He's like, "I'll be back." <laughs> no, but there were like, there's times when there's stuff happening. Like there's yeah. big events happening. They're being attacked, and he gets pulled out of it, and then oh. they just have to drag the fucking thing around. It doesn't make any sense. I guess interesting. That, I guess that problem's solved because in the new one, he's he's left his human form. So what happens to his human form? Does it age? No, they killed it. He left it. Oh, but he can live in Avatar form forever. Yes, yeah, so at the end of the even first if his one. like human form is dead. Yeah, so I don't understand the science behind it. I'm sorry to say. Oh, interesting. <laughs> I can't I can't fully grasp what goes into it. Kate Winslet held her breath for 11 minutes and 79 seconds. It's amazing that this thing has existed for so long and I've had zero idea about any of it. Like I didn't understand one iota of the fucking story. It just, if you said, what is Avatar about? I was like, I have no fucking clue. That would have been. You could glean things from what was said. I don't even know if I could have. If you had asked me. Dances with wolves. No, if you, that's the other thing actually people compare it with. They say it's uh Dances with wolves with Pocahontas set in Fern Gully or something like that. Okay. <laughs> but if you'd asked me yesterday morning, what wow. I, I couldn't even gleaned anything. I didn't know. I didn't care. I was never close to it. I never looked into it. I never read a fucking thing about it. And now suddenly it occupies this space in my fucking brain. And I'm having the same feelings and thoughts that people had over a decade ago. <laughs> so in that way, it's timeless. <laughs> it's annoying. It's annoying me. <laughs> I mean... Avatar, you didn't really miss anything except cultural phenomenon. What is what is even the cultural phenomenon? It doesn't that it existed and people were like 
that one person thought about killing themselves. I don't even uh, because I don't they, even they didn't live in a uh, fern gully. Even you saying that it has that kind of like it doesn't have reach. Like other things like Star Wars have tentacles that worm their way into other parts of life. Like I couldn't avoid Star Wars. Star Wars is one of those things I didn't see for a very long time, too. But I had mm -hmm. good ideas just because I couldn't fucking avoid it. Of I could have pieced together something and given you an idea of what those movies were about. At least the original three movie arc. I couldn't have told you which movie was which and where it fell, but I could give you a basic idea. I don't feel like Avatar even had that reach. I think it existed. Mm -hmm. What yeah. do you think about something like Titanic? Because I feel like Titanic was also a similar sort of time. Well, Titanic would have been easy to tell you. A big plot point. <laughs> oh, I don't mean about what you knew about it. I just mean about the feeling around it. Like everybody saw Titanic. Everyone had thoughts about Titanic. I guess it was parodied a lot. Right. And maybe Avatar was parodied, but I don't remember it or didn't register or I don't know. Maybe in 2009 I was done with parodies. <laughs> that was your parody free year. Did it like ever show up? It probably showed up in Saturday Night Live and shit like that. You know better. You're more plugged into this stuff. Yeah, but I'm so far removed from Saturday Night Live. Well, anything like else? Did the Simpsons parody it? Again, the Simpsons has been dead to me for like 15 years. Simpsons Avatar parody. I can't believe that the Simpsons still exists. We should all be calling the police. So I guess there was. <laughs> the Simpsons needs to be stopped. There was a parody in Treehouse of Horror XXII, which is what, 22? <laughs> Not even the tree houses of horror, huh? You wouldn't even give those a chance. I just, I mean, I guess it's just not, it's just not interesting anymore. And, and every episode of the Simpsons now includes some celebrity cameo and the plot is built around that instead of the Simpsons. It's like, it's like the latest Jurassic Park where the dinosaurs weren't really part of the plot. You could have had the movie without the dinosaurs. Sure. The dinosaurs were just there as like the spoiler, as the hurdle in the way to accomplishing the task. Yeah. Which. What was their thing in that new one? Was it unobtainium? What, what were they trying to do? There were giant, they were, there were giant locusts <laughs> that, you know, that were born out of the same program that brought us the dinosaurs. Okay. And these locusts got out of control and were ravaging crops across the globe. And there was going oh. to be, you know, everyone was going to die. There was going to be no food. And they needed to figure out a way to stop it. And so as they're trying to do that, like in, in, in the process, they undercover the conspiracy of what's really going on and how they were. <laughs> that they were made by the government as, and they were going to be used as weapons. Yeah, well, there were, there, there were uh, monetary motivations driving it all. For nefarious reasons, these people, they didn't really care about the good of anything, even though that was the face and blah, blah, blah. So you had to Nefarious? deal. Nefari sounds like the tribe that's like against the Navi. Well, maybe an avatar too. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Maybe. I, don't, I think the humans are still around in avatar too. And the battle. Nefari. The, the battle rages on. Um, no, with that movie though. So 
the dinosaurs are just there. It's like, oh, we're trying to do this thing, and there's these bad guys. Oh, and look, the fucking dinosaurs are in the way, too. And now we're right. being chased by a T-Rex or a fucking raptor. Uh, and then there was the subplot of what's his name? Uh-huh. Trying to save the raptor's baby because he promised the raptor he would save the baby. Mr. Schwarzenegger. Isn't he married to, like, Arnold Schwarzenegger's daughter? <laughs> I I don't follow the happenings. Who's also like a Kennedy or something? There's something about him being linked to the Kennedys in some way. I don't. Which is what, weird. What is his name? Chris Pratt. Yes. Which see people seem to love him at some point, and then he fell out of favor. Because he was married to Anna Ferris, and he was like fat, chubby, funny guy from Parks and Rec, and then he divorced her and got really hot for the uh, Jurassic Park movies and then fucking married a Schwarzenegger. And he's like some kind of, oh, and he got real religious too. Or maybe he was always religious. I don't know. He got kind of weird religious. Did he get hot before he left poor Anna? I'm not sure. I'm not sure exactly of that timeline. <laughs> All right. So he is married to Catherine Schwarzenegger. Yeah. From July 8th to 2019. I can't believe I'm looking up people's <laughs> celebrities fucking personal relationships it's important whatever happened to ferris you know she's marinated in white wine did she? she has a podcast is it so is that what she's doing did she continue to act she was big in all those movies for a while she's hilarious i loved her in that did you ever see that movie um house bunny or whatever no it's actually pretty funny Oh, she's remarried to some guy. She, named she she remembers girls. You know, she's like super duper hot, right? And she's like real stupid because that's how Anna Ferris always is in movies, basically. And then um, she remembers people's names by like going like this. <laughs> yeah. So she's like, uh, "That is right up your alley, Natalie." Yes, that is that is right up your alley. I know it's hilarious. She has a kid named Natalie. Jack Pratt. Jack Spratt. Yes. Jack Pratt, he has some special needs, I think. Oh. Which was also like, oh, Chris, I can't believe you left. Oh, because he's ditching her to deal with that. Yeah. It sounds like a nasty thing. Well, so, who knows? Listen, who knows? It's, I don't know. I know. I know that nobody knows the inner workings of any yeah, of it. You're yeah. just looking at the outside and it's easy to put the pieces into place that this guy's got more fame than he knows what to do with. Suddenly he's become an A-list movie star instead of just a supporting character on a popular TV show and his body has changed into a hot bod. And it's easy to say, of course. Why would he want to be with this Anna? <laughs> well, he used to be um, super hot, and he was playing, but he was always being cast as um, the villain in movie, like um, as like the hot guy jerk, and he didn't like that, so he gained weight, and then was cast in Parks and Rec, and he was really funny, um, and so he kind of just went back to his original body, probably. I think about the amount of work it takes to keep a body in shape. Oh, too much. Yeah, a lot. A lot of work. Yeah. Like if you're really going to commit to it, I guess that's why some of these people who rise to the top, uh, you, you have to have the likability, but you also have to have the body. And maybe a lot of people have the likability, but you want to be the action star known for his body. Mm -hmm. It's like, fuck you. I ain't doing that. It's like The Rock. And that guy travels with his gym. <laughs> I'm not, it sounds like a joke. This is what I've heard. I know you're. I know. I get it. You I know he. Um, 
uh, he is trying to say that he's all natural. What what does that mean? No steroids? Yeah, or no no sup like maybe supplements. I don't know, but he says no no steroids. But he's like fifty something years old, and he looks better than he did when he was pro wrestling. So I mean, he's definitely on something. Who you're right about that? When he was pro wrestling, he was in for any standard good shape, but the way the way a lot of wrestlers look, yeah, he was a little chubby, which he wasn't. Like he wasn't, but the definition no. wasn't there, I guess, and he. Couldn't pull it off like Stone Cold. It wasn't shredded. Yeah, like Stone Cold. He's like, I just drink fucking beer all day. So, of course, I'm not going to have a nice body. Like, that's how do you luck out with that character? <laughs> you don't have to stay in shape. Not to say he wasn't in shape because you still need a level of uh, fitness to do all that. But, though, I guess, man. Stone, Stone Cold. Stone Cold Steve Austin. I drink beer. I like that's, that's a pretty good impression, I feel like. Try it again. Stone Cold. Stone Cold Steve Austin here for beer. (laughs) Sounds good in my head. Does it sound good in your head? It's pretty good. All right, cool. You can continue to to work on it. All right, thanks. (laughs) Then there was Mick Foley, who he was just fat, but he was willing to be hit with real barbed wire. (laughs) The fuck? Wrestlers are insane. It is very insane. Cutting themselves and stuff in the ring. It's it is it fascinates me to no end that industry because it's just again it stands alone like the combination of athletics Mm -hmm. and yeah because you really do have to you have to learn how to get hurt yeah but like and and how to protect people from being hurt like you're there's a level of this is going to happen you're going to get hurt. But we can limit it to this, but things go wrong. And then there's some people say, no, let's not limit it to this, which is what Mick Foley did. But I just think in general, the dynamics of that industry that formed and the way it plays out, there's nothing else like it. Because theater, while wrestling is scripted and people know the outcome, it is dynamic in that it's always changing. So, you know, a play on stage about wrestlers, the same wrestler is always going to win every night that Mm -hmm. they do the performance. And this, I think, especially because it has a history of lying about the fact it was scripted, gave off the impression that the champion was the best. This person is the best wrestler around. And when the audience, and granted, I don't know how much even in the old days, people, how many people actually believed it was real? I know it was unspoken. The wrestlers were never supposed to talk to it. It was all supposed to be treated as real. Obviously, people knew. I do think there's people who believed it was real, too. Clearly, they defended that for a very long time. You would talk really? To, I remember being a kid and then talking to people who would defend it as if it was real. But all that aside, <laughs> when you have that dynamic going on, and there are people who do believe it and the like being champion or the merit of your achievements are scripted. It just creates a strange dynamic where of course your ego wants to be perceived as the best, but you don't actually have the opportunity yourself to prove that you're the best because other people have that control in their hands in writing the storylines. But there are people coming to see you who believe that you have that control. Like it's all fucking weird. 
And, and even, especially if you're a villain, because you really are successful or the best if you've convinced people <laughs> that you're the villain. Yeah. I mean, there's that dynamic of it, too. Yes. The whole selling your character is yeah. a part of what makes you a good wrestler. It's like the more we, people that hate you, the better wrestler you are. And so the more you can do these auxiliary things and be the best at creating a character, learning the technical aspect, that in itself can indirectly lead you to the championship. But you can't just go out there and do it in a straightforward path like any other sport where like I'll just dominate in this one place where it matters. <laughs> it's like that part doesn't matter. And I think you know the egos and because it's it it is roundabouts and you have to play games of politics probably i just i find it again fascinating it's such a strange fucking thing and i think i could get into it you know almost like i like reality shows i mean not the not the if they if anybody tried to make something like that it would turn into reality garbage you know like i guess they do they have made that with like those female wrestlers and anyway but what i mean is the actual sort of drama that goes on not anything that would be scripted or set up but just knowing the I don't know the inner workings like so and so is mad at this person not because of not because of some like relationship drama that would happen on us like a bullshit reality series more like because they overtook them in the ring and they told them they wouldn't do that, <laughs> you know, or like maybe so-and-so is sleeping with the other's wife. That's real. Yeah. yeah so then that's what you, I mean, yeah, the real stuff. You've got all of that that comes into yeah. play. The real drama behind the scenes. See, that's the thing. Any, any reality show that would come in would try to drum up the drama instead of it just being authentic. That's all I need in sports is just like the behind the scenes drama. There was something that just happened. Was it CM Punk? So AEW has, I, sh I can't speak to this because I don't know. See, I'm not following it as, I've never, I only really ever followed wrestling closely in the late 90s during the Monday Night Wars. Mm-hmm. I'll still listen to podcasts about behind the scenes stuff, which <laughs> you will. yeah, because I, I, again, I like these dynamics, but actually as for watching wrestling and following the current storylines, I don't, I don't have any grasp on it. I can't speak to it, but there was something I think recently, and I think it was Sam Punk, and if I'm wrong, some wrestling fan out there is angry right now where he was champion, but because of things that were happening behind the scenes, and then some of that bled onto TV and was presented, but had nothing to do with the TV product. Like they stripped him of the title. And he's just disappeared. But I could be wrong. Was it him? Ah, oh, fuck. Now I feel like it's, and then he was, he was on the cover of the wrestling game <laughs> and it was too late to take him off of it. They wanted to take him off of it. Well, Cause he was like on the cover of the game. Uh huh. And then all this stuff happened where they actually like fired him. I oh, I mean, whatever. This is a dumb conversation because I don't have the details of it. And I can't take the time to do the research because I didn't know that we were <laughs> going to be venturing. What is our topic? Uh, well, uh, that, how Avatar branches into, like I've said before, did Avatar really branch into our lives? It, but it did in many mm -hmm. ways. 
that uh, were a little subtler than we knew. Let's see. CM Punk has been stripped of the AEW World Championship, and Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks have been stripped of the... Oh, yeah, there was a backstage altercation. All right, whatever. So maybe I'm right in this. Maybe I'm right. But, uh, you know, the storylines in wrestling can't go too deep, just like the storyline in Avatar. Surface level, drivel. Yeah. Pretty stupid. And I hear the same thing about the new one. That, uh, eh, it's pretty. You're not going to get much out of the story, but it's beautiful. Kate Winslet held her breath for seven days and four seconds. Well, apparently working for that guy, Cameron, is a, uh, a real challenge at times. I've heard that too. So he probably did make her hold her breath for seven days. Kate Winslet, dead from holding breath. <laughs> I mean, at some point she said she wouldn't work with him again. I'm surprised she did. He's, I, I feel like these big moments for him sort of cheapen him, especially making an Avatar 2. You know, just just make the first one and we'll call it your sellout one. Oh, why is it the sellout? Like, he invented he invented new technologies to, I guess, to film this great. thing. And the same thing he had to do for this one. And that's why it needs to make $2 billion <laughs> until it can become profitable. That's right. It's not successful because it's made $1.9 billion. It'll make its $2 billion. It's already at I like 1.4. It had a slow start and people said, see, I told you so. But for whatever yeah. reason, this is a slow burn. It's not like those Marvel movies where people rush to buy tickets in advance oh and go to the midnight God. screening. So I... <laughs> I was looking around for movies to watch and I saw some, like I, th I thought about like Black Panther and I'd heard that it was good. And I was like, I just am not interested. I don't like, know the second I see someone doing some, like the, the person who was a real person a second ago and is now doing some uh, physics defying flip because now they're a CGI version of themselves. <laughs> I'm just, I can't. I'm look, I I'm with you on that. And I brought up, the Daredevil series on Netflix, which I'm just a person who brings up things from years ago because I don't, <laughs> I don't watch them in the moment and I don't care. And for whatever reason, I'll visit them later and say, you know what? Yeah. All right. This That's is fine. You have to stumble up when you're ready for them. It's fine. I did that with Breaking Bad, though, granted, before it was done. But before Me too. I watched everything before season five and everyone said, oh, you need to watch this. This is the greatest fucking thing. Like, no. The moment I'll I hear that. Yeah, the moment I hear that, like you with Red Letter Media, like you should watch it, you'll like it. And the truth is if I did get into it and, and pay attention, I probably would enjoy it. I just, I don't know why. There's there's something. It's like, yeah, I don't know. Don't misrepresent me. I don't want need you to watch Red Letter Media. I just had one thing I wanted you to see from it. Well, you bring it up often, and that's Because well, I watch them all the time. Yeah, and I... I it's like my only reference. <laughs> and then I criticize it to get you to leave me alone. So I don't have to feel like I need to watch it because then it becomes an obligation because then what if I watch it and I don't like it, but you love it so much. Then you want to talk to me about it and I'm not good at lying. And then I got to tell you, well, you don't have to lie. Listen, you asked me to watch um, that Indian movie, that Bollywood movie. Oh, RRR. Yeah. And I tried to watch that and I just did not like it. <laughs> you just don't get it. It was all, it was so intense, it went, but it was, it was all moving so fast. It was, I was like, I don't like it. It was, it was over the top. It was, it but was, I just, maybe I was in the wrong mood for it. <laughs> but it's also fine if you don't like it. I look, yeah. I know it's a long movie that a lot of people probably aren't going to like. 
uh, especially because you have to read the subtitles. But oh, I don't mind that. I just I found love that. it to be very funny. I, I because it's maybe, maybe I was because I was alone. Maybe I needed to watch it with you, and then I'd be able to enjoy it more. Which I, I saw it in a the theater twice. You know, watching it home. Oh, you saw it twice. Well, I went to see it with Christina, and I went uh-huh. in not knowing anything about it. Uh-huh. It's like just go see this. It's like okay. So okay. my one of my coworkers said, and we went. And then I was talking to my friend Matt about it, and he was starting to watch it at home because uh, it was released simultaneously, and it was similar. I think he's like, oh, I watched some of it, uh, and I don't know how he was feeling, but it didn't seem like he was liking it too much. Then we went to see it in the theater, and then afterwards he was pretty into it. Okay, well maybe that was the problem. It's just so ridiculous. The whole fucking thing is ridiculous. It was, which I I I enjoyed. I love a ridiculousness, but. Yeah, maybe I wasn't in the right place. I think it's too when the like a lot of times ridiculous movies, the actors, and not to say there wasn't comedic acting in this, but not like the over the top. Like there was a level yeah. of seriousness within the acting, uh-huh. despite the asinine scenarios. And I like that <laughs> dynamic. It's something that, total commitment. Yeah, because when you're over the top, like like we're in on the joke too. And it's like okay, fine. That's kind of like what happened with um, the Home Alones, three, four, five, six, seven, like, you know, French Stewart. You know, everybody in one and two took it seriously. I didn't see any of them. No, I didn't either. But I mean, come on. Well, the moment they're not taking it seriously becomes about the actors, which is fine. There are some places where that's, you know, I'm here to see this actor and see that performance. But the story. Liar, liar. We're here to see Jim Carrey. Oh, Ace Ventura. We're here to see Jim Carrey. Yeah, because those stories on themselves are stupid. They're not over the, like, not stupid in the same way RRR was stupid. They're just dumb. They don't really say anything or do anything. I know there's always little messages tied to them. You should love your family instead of wanting money. Mm-hmm. Things like that. Love is all around you. It's the most important thing. Don't lie. <laughs> There's always that. So you need the person to prop up the story and take it to the next level. But I think if that had happened in this movie, and again, there's aren't instances like there's an English man before the dance scene. who's like, so over the top, a stereotype of a a colonizing English man in India. (laughs) (laughs) And that, that adds to it. What was I saying before that? Anyway, Mm. we'll never remember. Oh, about um, you wait to watch things. Oh, yeah. So the daredevil thing. Because uh, you, oh, right. you were talking about... I, it, it was all practical. You can tell it's practical. There's stuntmen sometimes, but real physics are applying. Mm-hmm. And Disney's rebooting this, though they're using like the same actor. But they've said, this is not an extension. This is like starting over, whatever. You know it's going to be completely different. And his appearance in the She-Hulk, like, it's suddenly, okay... All this stuff before that was limited and bound by real world physics is out the window because the the flips and the CGI <laughs> movements. It's like fuck. Here we are. Here we are. Thanks, Disney. So irritating. Yes, the dog. Yes. Yeah. Well, that too. <laughs> but you know, that's the yeah. That's where we are. The stupid Marvel movies. There are no stakes. No think, stakes. Because everyone's going to live, and when they, you know. When, but I guess that was the thing about like when Tony Stark died, right? It was like, <gasps> yeah, but it, it completed this long arc of his where he 
was only in it for himself right. really for a long time. And then, okay, great. And uh, we all know it ahead of time, right? People didn't walk in without knowing that. What? Like Robert Downey Jr.'s contract is up. Yeah, but you never know, I guess, that there's so much money involved. That's like, He's why? been in four movies and that was his contract. Yeah, but there's so much money. that I mean, it's a dumb reason to think maybe he'll be back because he could make another $20 million. Well, they kind of did that. more than with, that. It's um, like $60 million. Uh, Scarlett Johansson. Now she's dead now, too. I know, but she came out. There was a movie that came out after she died in the. Yeah, but it was set before that. But still, they could do that still. It was set like before. Like Tony Stark, the origin. That's because she never had her own standalone movie when all the others did, except for. I think that was COVID related, too. Except for Hawkeye. He didn't have his own. The fuck? Who gives a shit about fucking any of this? I don't care. I li- I li- when half of I, them- I was telling you, I, I, li- I watched Don't Worry, Darling. And it was it had problems, but I thought it was interesting. And I, you know, thinking about it, I looked it up afterwards, you know, to look up some things about it. Um, and yeah, it had, like I said, it had flaws, problems with it that took me out for a minute. But at least it was something interesting and different. It's harder to come by those kind of movies. They're harder to make because the studios they won't put their money into it. Well. It's tied to the theaters too. Like, there's movies that people don't feel as though they need to go to a theater to see. Like, oh, well, this one. Like I, every movie now. I can get this. Well, you get the big tentpole movies, our big spectacles. Right. You have to be there. The sound. Ew. The sound. I'm annoyed by the sound anyway. I always go with earplugs. Well, the point is, these kind of movies that you're <laughs> seeing, they don't make them. They already. They. It was already harder to make them because they don't make huge amounts of money, even if they're successful. Right. It's like, oh well, you know, us making fifty million is not enough. We need to have higher profit margins. And then with streaming and direct release to streaming platforms, um, there's less incentive because they don't know how to monetize that yet. They're like, uh, we made this movie, so there's there's that happening. So less and less of those kind of movies are going to be made, and we're shifting more and more. It's already been happening a lot, but to the big tentpole movies, something like Top Gun, people yeah. people liked, and maybe this in a weird way, Top Gun could help things. Even though Top Gun is a big spectacle, the story itself was thoughtful, and even though it was a sequel, you know, it was decades past, and the way it tied to the first movie, it fit in nicely, but it also could have existed on its own. And it was shot practically. It wasn't all that fucking CGI. Oh, yeah. For all of Tom Cruise's faults and weird, weirdesses, <laughs> at least he refuses to, you know, not do the stunt. And so there's a, you know, there's an appetite for that. And there's an appetite for maybe more grounded movies, not saying Top Gun is a grounded movie. <laughs> but uh, who knows? For the most part, you're going to get fucking Star Wars and Avatar did you know that Tom Cruise um, almost played Edward Scissorhands? <laughs> no, I did not. And the reason why he did it was because uh, oh, he I did. kept asking. Huh? I, I, I did know this. Oh, go, you did? Yeah, go ahead. I just forgot it was Tom Cruise, but go ahead. I know the rest yeah, of the he, story. Yeah, he wouldn't do it because he couldn't get an answer on, like, how does he go to the bathroom? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did. Which, look, it's a fair question. You want to get into the character. And other people are going to be asking that. Does he go to the bathroom? 
gotta have someone wipe his butt or he doesn't wipe it or, or he doesn't go to the bathroom because well, how does he dress himself like there are many things <laughs> i mean yeah i don't know you know that's, that's... um macaulay culkin was going to be in it but he was doing um malone is that true he was going to be the little brother. He like, remember like he gets hurt or something or he's running away or, and, and Edward Scissorhands like comes up to him and he's trying to help him, but he ends up cutting his face. Yeah. He's like, I'm sorry. And it worked out better for him. He made a shitload of money. So he didn't ever have to act again and he could just live a free wheel in life. He lives in Milwaukee. Free will in life. Why did you frequently on red letter media? Oh, look, he's doing what he wants to do, I guess. I really don't mean to be talking about Red Letter Media this much. After his uh, Velvet Pizza Ground or Pizza Underground or whatever. <laughs> under, under Velvet Ground Pizza. <laughs> After that didn't work out. You know, it must be nice to just, like, oh, I want to do this. He was around here, I guess, because he was living in Brooklyn at the time because he got involved with some local musicians oh, right. that my friend knows. And they were going on tour because she said to my friend, she's like, this can't be like what my success is this this can't be it but wait what do you mean meaning i think when you're a serious musician and you're working on your music and it's hard to get noticed and then suddenly you're headlining festivals and leads oh because of yeah because yeah, he's looped you in you're like all right sure i'll do that sounds stupid but why not and then suddenly you know, you're on the main stage i think they were booed off the stage or something which probably hurts even more were they weird it was just like velvet underground covers with pizza inserted into the lyrics kind of cool <laughs> is it kind of it's fun is like, it hey let's have fun with life i'm into it yeah but it's not lasting and it doesn't belong no. at the uh, headlining a festival oh headline no i don't we know if they were be, headlining maybe, we they, be doing the festival. maybe they weren't headlining i don't know but they were at the festivals with a big audience and mm -hmm. it doesn't even deserve that it deserves a small hey here's that weird bar that has a performance space yeah. Star bar. Rip. Is it gone gone? No, I don't know. I think it was saved, but MJQ is done. Well, I don't know if it's done yet, but it had its last New Year's. I mean, that's fine. Let MJQ die. You're nasty. Dead, anyway. Yeah, no, it's not. You're nasty. It wasn't? It went a nasty. The whole area was a coke den. Don't just sure. single out. Well, the owner <laughs> might have had a lot to do with that. I don't know anything about this and I don't want to talk about it. Okay. You never know. I knew the owner. Okay. Well, what else? That's, That's all. all. Okay. That's it. Another episode in the books. Another episode of Not One Topic. Yeah. I know. We need to change the name. It was... Uh, Topics. <laughs> it was a part of our series where... And we talk about old movies like we did Home Alone. <laughs> <laughs> Even though last week we had Big and Ghost. We're in a movie space right now. You know, I'm I'm not working as often. Oh, except for New Year's Eve. I worked in the morning from like 6.30 to almost noon. And then I worked again from 4 to 10.45. Damn, a double. Woo! I was exhausted. Hope you got. I did not count down the new year. Hope you got paid out. Hope so too. Anyway, thanks everybody. Love you. Listen. Subscribe. 
Buy the hot sauce. Bye.